Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the Ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I am joined by. Hello, my name is Isabel, and this is Agnes. So, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about anime that we love that is actually very, very underrated. And by underrated, we usually are looking at fandom responses. For example, we did do an entire episode of uh, anime that the fandom has deemed, the anime community itself has deemed as overrated that we happen to love. But this time, we're looking at anime that we love a lot, but we haven't really seen the anime community ever really talk about it or discuss it based on how um, the fandoms have reacted on social media. And just want to bring some light on some of these lesser seen anime. Isabel, you will definitely start us off today. So which uh, two anime have you uh, not seen the anime community really talk about, but that you really, really love and just want to highlight today? Yeah, today the first show that I want to highlight um, is one of my personal favorites called Kyokai no Kanata, or Beyond the Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's by Kyoto Animation, uh, so I thought, you know, maybe a lot of more people would like it, but I feel like it's one of the shows that a lot of people tend to forget, or people have heard of it, but they actually haven't seen it. And um, I think it's also one of those shows that you maybe see, like, YouTube clips for, um, just mm. because... The animation is just really, really beautiful, um, and and I think the plot is also really interesting. Um, the reason why I think maybe some people don't uh, have not talked about it as much is probably because uh, Beyond the Boundary pulls a lot of uh, genres together, like a ton of genres together. It has comedy, action, and um, is also kind of like a slice of life and supernatural. So having like this mixed pot of all these genres kind of makes it seem a little bit lost. But just despite that, I really love the characters in the show. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's about a girl named Mirai who um, has, uh, she's from a cursed bloodline and her duty is to eliminate Yomu. And she meets this boy named Akito who um, is a Yomu but is also half human. So their first interaction is very, very cute, where she just straight up just pulls out her blood sword and just stabs him. And he's like, what are you doing? How's <laughs> that cute? Wait, how's that cute? <laughs> I was about to I say, series, uh, but- I remember, <laughs> like, I remember my then boyfriend wanting to watch it. And I watched the first episode and that traumatized me. <laughs> so- oh, <shit. laughs> it was more like, um, it was more like, it just wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> pursuit of love question mark as she chases him around the school and then slips on a bucket okay <laughs> maybe that's cute uh it's oh, yeah. funny because i think i think this anime has a lot of gifs made out of it but i but i do agree in the fact that i don't think a lot of people talk about the anime itself it's just everyone has seen gifs of it so everyone sort of knows about it but but maybe like not a huge chunk of people have actually seen it per se yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Not a lot of people have seen it or they um they actually maybe can follow the story or maybe know more about the characters. Um so it's nice that you know people know about it by extension. Um 
But yeah, that's the other point. A romance is also in the series. I forgot to highlight that. So there's kind of like a romance between the two characters and that's how the story progresses. And I don't know. I just really like like really, really cute little scenes that they have in anime, even though it's like repetitive. Like Akito's fetish for glasses and he can't <laughs> um, stop. I mean, he's very open glasses. about them. Yeah, he's kind of like Sakuta, I guess, from Bunny Girl. They're like very frank. Like I like glasses, I like thick thighs, and that's totally okay. <laughs> I like glasses, I like thick thighs. <laughs> and thick with two C's, right? Yes. <laughs> or two Q's, whatever you want. Yes. Uh, it. I. What's funny is I feel like more people have seen the movie than the actual series, which is a weird thing. But the movie apparently was very critically acclaimed by people. And so it's just like, it's funny because in my head, it's almost like I, I, in my head, because I've heard more buzz regarding the movie, I almost automatically think of the movie rather than the actual anime itself. Oh, I've never seen the movie, so I didn't know that at all. Yeah, they actually, yeah. Um, they won our, what was it called? They, they won our Anime Trendy Awards. I forgot our own awards. They won our Anime Trendy Awards <laughs> the year it came out, so... So yeah, so that, that was really interesting. I guess um, you mentioned that it is a blend of genres. Do you think? Do you think that might be why some people like it never got super duper big because of the fact that some people kind of got confused of the blending of genres? Yeah, I think that's possible. Once when you st- when you first start watching the anime, I think you kind of get the sense that it's supposed to be some type of uh, like supernatural uh, dark fantasy. Um, based on you know the the yomu itself and how you know evil spirits are there and how um, Mirai and other like spirit hunters are supposed to defeat them, so you think it's supposed to go along this path. But then once you watch more episodes, it kind of slides into that slice of life where they're a part of a literature club mm. and they spend their days there. And then maybe the yomu will pop up and they'll have to go and fight it. So. I think maybe people were expecting something like Tokyo Goal or something like that out of the series, mm-hmm. but that's not what you get. So I think that's why some people end up um, maybe not finishing it or just kind of saying that this this is a mess. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense because let me tell you, people do not like genre shifts in stories. It's really interesting, but it's a phenomenon that's happened a lot of times, whether it's with what happened with the Promised Neverland manga. I've, you know, I didn't read the manga, but even I knew about the fact. We don't speak of Promised Neverland. We do not speak of this in this house. <laughs> but um, We do not speak of no, it. Well, I am speaking of it, but very briefly. <laughs> um, essentially, <laughs> essentially I, I don't read the manga, but even I knew that some people were pretty, um, pretty turned off essentially when it seemed like there was a genre shift after the first arc uh after the first arc which was more sort of suspense slash psychological and then um and then even something more recent like hoarding mia it started off with everyone really gushing about it and excited and obviously there's a lot of other drama uh involved uh, revolved around it but one of the things that i have seen pretty consistently is they're like oh i thought this was going to be a romance anime where we watch their relationships develop and stuff like that but it quickly became slice of life in the later half of the series and or the season and what's funny is romance and slice of life are one of those two genres that can actually go hand in hand quite easily but even with that fact there were people upset with the shift and so i can totally see how how they might have maybe felt baited by the like mm-hmm. uh, by the beginning, and so when it shifted into slice of life, they're like, ah, I'm not interested in any, anymore and stuff like that. 
But how did you feel about the shift? Like you said, you thought it worked, right? Yeah, I thought it worked. I I didn't really expect it um, to be that action heavy. You know, once I saw that they were like in a club and everything, and uh, and I personally do like slice of life anime as well, so I I was totally in it for the ride. I I basically wanted the romance to bloom, and uh, that's pretty much what kept me watching the show, along with um, just the characters themselves, because I think they they're so um, different and memorable like I definitely don't forget about the characters I may have forgotten about the story a little bit I admit but <laughs> I don't forget the characters so um and I think that's that's basic I think that's basically what I get from lots of slice of life anime as well I'm mostly there for because I mean, oh, obviously there's not much of a story but more a focus on the characters mm-hmm. and I think that's the reason why I really like Beyond the Boundary a lot um it also made me watch the movie as well I was so hyped to watch it I actually asked my um, housemates back then in college to watch it with me, but I accidentally just watched it myself instead. So, <laughs> we ended up That's not watching too it sad. together. But I also didn't want to drag them into it because they had not seen the anime before, so I didn't know what their response would be like. Um, That's but I, knew I really yeah, liked it. That's fair, I think. <laughs> well, uh, so that's your first one. What do you have for your second one? Yeah, my second one is um, Silver Spoon. <gasps> oh, oh, Silver Spoon is so good. Wow. Classic. Classic. Let's get it. Yeah, I know we talk about Full, full Metal Alchemist a lot, and it's nice to know that the writer also wrote Silver Spoon, but it's not as um, talked about as Full Metal Alchemist, or you might not even know that the writer to Full Metal Alchemist actually wrote this as well. Why is she so good at writing? Like, I don't I don't even fathom it. I see her works and I just get jealous. I'm just like, why are you so good? <laughs> Teach me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's an actual goddess, honestly. Yeah, like her her writing is just ugh, like her writing feels okay, sorry, uh before I take it take it away from you, Isabel, continue. <laughs> No, that's fine. I'm glad you highlight that because she also wrote the heroic legend of Arslan, and I thought that was really oh awesome yeah, well. that was good. Heroic legend of Arslan was pretty good. I'd say the anime fell through, but the 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 setup was really good. The setup was really good. I I do want you guys to know though that hers her manga is more of an adaptation because the original novel series is by the same author who wrote about the legend of the Galactic Heroes. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, about Silver Spoon, um, it's it's a, one of those different types of uh, shows where um, a boy uh, kind of goes to, uh, tries to s- escape that city life by going into an agricultural school, which is definitely not that common. I don't know what other anime highlights a character. Um, this character's name is Hachi Ken, and he uh, decides to escape his father's expectations, which I think a lot of people will relate to. Their parents want them to go to a great school, especially like if you live in the city like Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he decides to leave out of Tokyo, whereas a lot of other anime series will be like, oh, we're going to go to Tokyo to go to school or whatever. Um, but he leaves for a rural city, goes to agricultural school where he thinks life will be easier or maybe he'll find his own path and find his passion. Because I think uh, he was also lost in the sense that he didn't know what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. so he ended up enrolling. Like what he what he knew was that he wanted to get away from his parents, and that was his only goal at the time. So he decided to go to that school, um, 
and um, there he kind of learns like other people there kind of have their stories that they're maybe like um, daughters or sons of farmers and they're already set with their lives they kind of already know that this is the line of work that they're gonna go go into so for him coming from the city it's very very weird and awkward and you know interacting with animals he's never done any <laughs> of this of stuff so it's kind of silly. <laughs> lots of cows yeah lots of cows pigs um and you know plants and everything and I think I, I just really like the way the story kind of plays out and it's something that's you don't see in other anime. It's also very grounded in reality. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I personally like it also is because I went to agricultural uh, college myself and I also uh, worked in um, basically a plant reproductive biology lab and I can all totally understand him. I also saw a lot of cows at our school. They're like next to our dorms. And oh, wait, really? <laughs> Yeah, actually, my doors are right next to them, and people are like, "Don't you smell the cows?" I'm like, mm. "Sometimes." <laughs> and, <laughs> Sometimes. Do you get to pet them? <laughs> I think you can go up to pet them because they're kind of like right there. They're like they're like a bike path, and you can just go up to them. I would probably not touch them, but usually they're busy eating or something. Um, and so, out of curiosity, did you once, also go mm-hmm. from like a big city to like that agricultural school, like the protagonist did? Kind of, yeah. So I guess where my school was is kind of like out of the city. Like mm-hmm. it, the city itself is kind of surrounded around the school. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty similar to how it is in Silver Spoon. And like for miles, I feel like you can only see like farmland, which is not what I'm used to, right? In the city, I only see buildings. I only see cars and stuff like that. It's not as common. And I feel like I've related so much to that story. And um, it's just interesting seeing that with the characters themselves and then how he learns how the character himself he learns he's kind of closer to the food chain as well kind of having um, a more of an emotional connection to what he's doing and how these animals are treated and how that goes down the line um, you know to feeding the people um, Mm -hmm. which is not something you you see yeah so fun fact I believe the author Arakawa sensei grew up on a farm so she has a lot of firsthand experience with growing up on farms and like taking care of the farm animals and stuff like that. But it's it's definitely a really different atmosphere to her much more famous work of Fullman Alchemist Brotherhood. So I think a lot of people would have been shocked to find out that that story and you know that sort of pacing is her work. But there's something so subtly rich about the protagonist, you know, like learning. T- learning and also falling in love with the people around him and you know sort of the atmosphere and the situation that it, it like at the end of the day it harkens back to what made full Alchemist brotherhood so good in the first place especially on the emotional side we're just like ah like this is this is a good work <laughs> this is a good piece of work and a good piece of anime so <laughs> From time to time, I catch myself rewatching episodes from Silver Spoon, especially the pizza scene. <gasps> That's yes! all I watch. Oh. <laughs> oh, but I do agree. Like it hits different than Full Metal Alchemist, and I think another aspect I really liked about that show was the teen angst that they have in the second season, and Hachiken's eventual confrontation with his family, and also with Mikage's family about like how they decide that they want to do things after high school. Mm-hmm. And it's really a reality check for all of them. And the fact that, you know, Bikagi's farm is not doing well, but she must get into a college if she wants to do, if she wants to succeed afterwards. And, but because she can't finish her exam, she can't do, doesn't do well in her exams, Hachikin has to basically teach her from scratch. 
But then that takes away his own time to do something better, at least in his parents' eyes. So it's like, it's a very delicate balance that I think a lot of people identify with if you get that far into the show. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm so glad you mentioned this one, Isabel, because I do feel like not enough people know. I don't even know how many people actually are aware of the existence of this anime, in all honesty. So, uh, but it's just so I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure people are aware of it and people watched it when it first came out, but because it's such very lackadaisical in pace, and I think the timing of its first and second season was a little bit off, so people weren't keeping it up as much on trends mm. either. That's my thought, at least. Yeah, that's because it's like well. very muted on Funimation. Yes, like it, it yes. exists on Funimation and on Crunchyroll, but like the most of the comments are like from when the season two was released, and then that's about it. Yeah, very true. Yeah, but at least the, uh, the anime itself, I think, is complete, and then the manga as well. Um, there's also live action that I ended up watching, even though I had watched the anime already. I thought it was a nice take, seeing that in reality. I think it's also an easy drama adaptation mm-hmm. in real life. That must have been hard, though, doing the live action, because you have to wrangle all those animals in, and have like an animal trainer on site to probably like have them queue in for the shots. Yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, having uh, high school kids or a kid, uh, high school actors or actors in general next to the animals, yeah, yeah they yeah, definitely yeah, would yeah. have to have experts in that field uh, with them as well. Um, but I think that's uh, the only highlights I have for that one. Um, I just think the characters are really nice, um, and how you can relate to them as well. It, it does also follow a more slice of life format, so you can yes. see a trend with my anime, <laughs> but. Well, uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that one. But yes, we have two really great animes you mentioned in regards to uh, in regards to stuff that we should definitely put more spotlight on. Agnes, your turn. Uh, what is the two anime that you got for us today that you wish more people knew about, know about, and that you just love? So mine is completely different from Isabel. Um, as you can tell, like most of my shows are very action junkie, so <laughs> it's not a surprise that the two that I picked for this is very action junkie. I actually have a fairly long list of underrated shows, but I had to kind of vet through them and think to myself, like, okay, which ones were not represented on anime trending charts? Um, the first one that I'm going to talk about is something that I actually did in a very, very old review at the beginning days of anime trending called Grimgar Ashes and Illusions. Oh, uh, it's on yeah. Funimation. It's a one season show. The light novel is actually fairly good, but the anime never really picked up on a second season. Uh, the one thing I really liked about Grimgar Ashes and Illusions, it's probably one of the very few isekais that I truly enjoy because there's a feeling of weight and helplessness of the characters as they're dropped into like this isekai world. Like we all know, like most isekais begin with a character getting hit by a truck or, you know, they kind of warp into this unknown world, they get summoned, but they use their past knowledge in order to help themselves in this new world, bring the world to a better understanding. And it kind of just makes them a little bit overpowered in a sense. But in Grimgar, Ashes and Illusions, you as the audience and the character are immediately dropped into this absurd setting you have no idea what's going on and nobody has memories of anything they all know that they're from some sort of different time period based on like the clothes and the way that they talk but they definitely know and don't have any skills that can help them in this new world and they spend like the good like the first six months is all they're just doing is they end up finding 
themselves at a guard post and the guard post hires them as like little mercenaries and they have to spend their entire like six months eking out a living, earning wages and like killing and farming monsters to earn special skills. And along the way, they form like better friendships and bonds and things like that. But they really face a different type of weight of a death where characters may die or their actions may have a lot more consequences than they thought. And they don't have any like superpowers or anything. So I kind of like that helplessness in that series. Yeah, I personally don't watch Isekai that much, but that almost didn't feel like an Isekai, isekai to me because they were dropped in it. And also I was, you know, as a viewer, I was just as confused as them. Why are they in this world? Or I wanted to know because they had those right. inklings. Like, I think they even talked about like a cell phone or something. They like said those words, but they didn't know what it was. And I'm like, I want you to find out what those words are. I, we need you to get Yeah, yeah. Them. You know, that's that was me too when I was watching the show. I was like, man, it would be so cool if they finally unlocked the secrets to their memories and whatnot. Oh, dude, but yeah, I also really was, just like the action. Yeah, no, that was driving me insane. Especially like one of those scenes that haunt me, which is so funny because it's such a small scene that shouldn't haunt me, was when the main character, I forgot his name, unfortunately, but I know exactly what he looks like <laughs> in my head. But It's because he's a thief. He's an assassin. That's your favorite class. That's the only reason why you remember him. Well, that and he's an awkward boy. You know, you know my thing with oh, that's awkward right, boys. That's right. And stuff. <laughs> but it's the part where he like reaches for his cell phone. He was like, oh, I don't have my cell phone. He was like, actually, what is a cell phone? Like, why was I reaching for it? I was like, oh! <laughs> It's very fourth wall breaking. It's really cool that way. Like, I don't know I, at least why that scene hit me so hard or it haunted me that hard, but it really did. And, the, and from the rest of the time, I was like, what is going on? Why is no one trying to figure out what is going on? <laughs> so. I mean, if you think about it, it's like our basal instincts, at least like for us who live in a more modern period, like we always have our essentials on us, including a cell phone. So when you don't have your cell phone on you, you don't know what's going on. You don't know the time. You don't know what's going on. You don't have any kind of access or contact to anywhere else and it's a belonging that you instinctively reach for but when it's not there it's like you kind of lose a piece of yourself mm-hmm. i actually spent a week without my phone because i had broken it and i could not contact anybody at all while i was at work so for a while i was kind of like a little bit i was like a, a little baby deer kind of like where's my mother i i don't know how to do anything oh i would like yeah i know for a fact like i would have been so antsy because Overall, just having access to another person make, uh, quickly makes you feel safer, you know, especially for, yeah. and I mm-hmm. think especially for us as women where uh, where we worry a little more, at least uh, like I worry a little more about things that maybe other people don't have to worry about, especially when I have to work overtime and it's like late at night downtown, I have to like walk to my car is probably one of like the scariest things that's always in my head, but it's like if I I can't and also I don't have self defense skills except to scream at the top of my lungs and so uh, and so for me it's like if I don't have my cell phone I would like forget the internet and all that other stuff like I would just be antsy because I'd be like I have no one to call and so um so yeah but it's it's that was that one was definitely like a part where it's just like it's weird because. The characters go about sort of 
just learning to survive because they don't really remember how they got here or why, and neither are they trying to find an explanation for it. But then for us at re uh, as viewers, it just like mocks us, you know? Like I feel like it's always dangling in front of our eyes, being like, ooh, what happened? And we're just like, yeah, what happened? And the anime is just like, we're not going to tell you. We're just like, why? <laughs> so... Um, so yeah. And in addition to like all the, like those plot hooks, like there's an amazing amount of character development too. It's like really subtle and like very quiet, mm -hmm. which I really like yeah. about the series. It's not like blatantly in your face like shonen protagonist gets an upgrade. Do do do. Oh, what's the Final Fantasy uh cutscene where he goes I started playing uh, um Final Fantasy 7 on my Switch now that I got it, the very old one. So that's all I can think about right now. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that's what they in Grimguard, there's no like fanfare for like when you defeat an enemy or you you finally like unlock a skill. It's grueling, it's brutal, and I love it. The, I, I just love the it. Fanfare is literally they get to buy fancier food to eat. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or like they, they have like just barely enough to like eke out a helmet. Mm -hmm. Like to buy a really nice helmet off the market. And it kind of reminds me a lot of like medieval fighting games and things like that, where it's like Skyrim or like Elder Scrolls and things like that, where you're 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 trying to make a living. <laughs> you're trying to make an honest to good living. I uh I definitely agree with the subtle character development and even like subtle sort of relationship development because I remember Haruo, that's his name. It like struck down. Oh, that's right. Like lightning. Like I like I don't. I, I'm, not, I'm not even exaggerating. My my brain literally went zing. It's like I. It's like the, the, the it. It's like the heavens. The heavens. Uh, the heavenly design team where the angel gets like a spark of inspiration when God tells him like this animal design has been approved. Yes. And it's like the zap of lightning. Yes, that's exactly what happened in my head. I got a zap of lightning. But Haruo, like, it, it's from the way that the light novel series, or not light novel, but like the anime series, because I didn't read the light novels, but from the way the anime series set it, set it up was there was a slow and slow eventual sort of gradual romantic uh, feelings between him and uh, Mary. And so, and I didn't even realize that until it, like, until it's grown up until that point. And then when it got there, I sat, I, like, when I saw, like, that scene where she wakes him up and everything, she waited for him to wake up. He was like, and I was just like, oh, that's romantic. And, and I'm just like, wait, do I ship them? Yeah, I guess I ship them. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so yes, that one I remember well, and I do. I think our anime trending community did like that, like it. But I agree, our anime trending community can be pretty unique, and sometimes the stuff that gets really big on our page, in particular, doesn't really sort of uh, reflect out to the other, to the overall uh, anime community as a whole. So that's your first one. What do you have for your second one? My second one is probably going to be highly controversial. Um, we're probably going to get more views, but maybe more flames. We'll see. Okay. Uh, my favorite is that's underrated is Thunderbolt Fantasy. Ah. Mainly because the story writing is so good, and the amount of flourishes that they put in the series actually makes you feel like you're sitting in an anime and watching it. So why do you think this is controversial? Because it's not quote unquote drawn or animated it's literally just a bunch of people behind taiwanese puppets that do the uh the action sequences and whatnot 
And they just add a bunch of special effects afterwards to show all like the flashy type of like anime fighting styles and things like that. Mm. So I guess that's why a lot of people get heated when they talk about Final Thunderbolt Fantasy. But if you actually re- watch the show and understand their characters, there's so much depth written. It's written by Gen Urobuchi. Like you, you have to give the man a lot of credit for the stuff that he writes. And so sitting down and watching and then seeing the second season, and now they finally announced the third season, it's like you kind of have to think like, okay, this is, might actually be a good show. It might actually be worth looking into. And that's why I think it's fairly underrated. I had, I think for like two years, I tried to get people to watch it because it's that good. It, it, there's so many plot twists that you're just like, wait, what's going on? And everyone's always very deterred about like, oh, they're puppets. They're not anime. And I'm like, so what? <laughs> It's written by a guy who works in anime. It's not like X arm over here. Oh wow! <laughs> wait, wait I, I I stand by what I say. I stand by what I say. <laughs> okay. An anime written by non-anime professionals. Hmm. I wonder what the community thinks about that. But a, a puppet show that's written by an anime professional. That's where it gets good. From all that I've heard, because I know our page has a, or I know in our group, FYI, in our professional group, we have got a good amount of people who are huge fans of Thunderbolt Fantasy. But from what I've heard, the story is very drenched in sort of like anime style storytelling. It's just with puppets very. and very. It, that's why that's why I think it's the appeal is that people watch it. They're like, oh, this is kind of like a unique type of media. Mm. But when they actually sit down to watch all the fight scenes and the character dialogues, it's like watching an anime, except it's just real life. That's it. Why do you think they chose puppets? You know, I think that's a good question. I never really asked it myself. I think Nitro Plus just wanted to like expand outside of like their token Rambu BL stuff mm. and like all their other visual novels either that or again robochi was on crack and he says let's use taiwanese puppets and nitro plus said okay <laughs> i want puppets <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and nitro plus is like you sure he's like yes <laughs> how many puppets do you want yes <laughs> uh so so you think the pu- or okay here's my question for you do you think this anime would have i yes i'm calling it an anime so pe- if people want to get upset they can get upset <laughs> with me too but um, do you think this anime would have worked as well if he hadn't used puppets and he had just done, like, the typical 2D animation? Oh, that's a tough one to answer. Personally, I think it would not do as well just because the storyline feels a little bit generic. There's a different type of charm when you're watching Thunderbolt Fantasy because it's very extravagant. It's very... uh, what's the what's the What's the Chinese title for... For like a, a Chinese inspired like fantasy type of thing. Uh, is it uh, is it wuxia? Wuxia, I think wuxia? is what you're thinking. Oh. Wuxia. wuxia, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a wuxia, but like Japanese animation for some reason doesn't really do a lot of wuxia. Otherwise, it would just be kind of shafted in a generic fantasy, mm-hmm. I guess. So having it with Taiwanese puppets, and then you think about like how many people are actually orchestrating the puppets and everything, kind of brings a next level of appreciation. Rather than like a simple animation team that just sits down and just draws everything. You know what it's like? It's like those stop motion films and like animated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, uh, what's what's it? The one with uh, Gromit, uh, or like Shaun the Sheep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Kubo and the Two Streams. That's another one that was like a stop. Oh, Kubo and the Two Streams. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like that. Yeah, it's a different type of. 
animation media, I guess, but it still conveys the story very well and it brings a different type of appreciation. So, okay, wait, so let me see if I understand because I obviously don't watch it. So basically, they use puppets for the characters and everything, but when they're fighting, it's 2D animation? Like the... No, it's it's all puppets. It's all puppets. Wait, so how does... So how does, like, the like the special effects work then? Is it still puppets? Post-editing. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So they use, like... So I think from what they have in the post-production videos is that everything is animated like painstakingly with puppets. Like you'll, they'll have like cameras go around the scenes of people just squatting and like doing the puppets, right? And then afterwards, they'll edit the scene, like each individual shot that the camera moves around with like the different flourishes and special effects. It's really impressive when you watch any type of clip that comes out on YouTube for it. Okay, that's really, that's really, really interesting. So, uh, so the best way for me to put it is that what, what Thunderbolt Fantasy like stands out to you on is its charm of using puppets, but with the very anime drenched sort of atmosphere and style put together makes for a very, very unique media slash storytelling device essentially yeah yeah most definitely and it really brings a different type of like oh this is actually possible it's not impossible that because like we always talk about how anime has to be 2d but really japan is always pushing its boundaries it always does like a combination of 2d and 3d it does cgi or it does like whatever x-arm is doing and things like that so it's really like test <laughs> what is this it's shots really- <laughs> fired at x-arm episode maybe we should rename the episode <laughs> x-arm flaming round two by agnes not by me <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's really like trying to push towards the boundaries of how well can we portray a certain type of medium, but using a different type of medium kind of thing. And it's kind of mind blowing, personally, I think. I just love watching this show. And they and you look at how insanely popular the series is for having three seasons now and two movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like it's one of those things that has a cult following, you know? Like, maybe it's not. Yeah, it has a cult following. It's not so much mainstream across the entire anime community, per se, but the ones who do love it are, like, worship love it sort of thing. Not- I, I am one of those. I, <laughs> I am mean, definitely one of those. Not in, like, the problematic way where I, where I might be like, you know, maybe you should, like, talk to a professional about this, like, sort of way, but you know what I mean, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cult following. It's like a, a cult fiction kind of thing yeah exactly um and then like how much more anime can you get if the opening of the song is sung by the ever so legendary tm revolution like he goes (laughs) way 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 back in anime history of doing like anime openings anime endings he did uh he was part of like boy bands like abington uh abington boys doing like the opening for d gray man like how much older can you get just to say like this is a show created by anime professionals (laughs) Isabel, you said you're watching it right now, or yeah, I I maybe I don't know how long you guys have been talking, but I apparently finished maybe half a video. Um, I'm <laughs> interested in it. It's great. It's, wait, it's wait, great. are you saying you were watching it while we were talking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm stealth skills. Oh Isabel over here, like just stealthing I away while I just babble. Got away with that while we are recording <laughs> of all things. <laughs> it's. Chef's kiss. I love you. No homo, but I love you. <laughs> no, because I've heard you guys talk about it for so long, and for I, I just thought it was a three D CG animation, and then you nah, tell me puppets. So I'm like, how can puppets be great? Because I've seen like Beef Stars with their ending song with puppets. I'm like, oh, it can yeah. only be like stop motion, right? But then I <laughs> it can like, only be like Beef Stars. Okay, these- okay, but like, I mean, 
Junichi Suave voices the main character. How much more anime do you guys want to get? Okay, but Junichi Suave is the voice that like haunts everyone. And like, it's just you hear him. And when he starts doing the deep gravelly voice, you're just like, "Mm, yes, that is a man. I surrender (laughs) my body and soul to this man. Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't matter how his character is drawn. The minute he starts talking like that, you're like, yes, that is a hot character right there. Like, <laughs> 100%. I agree. <laughs> okay, well, I hope you've been enjoying it while we were talking, Isabel. <laughs> I was paying attention. <laughs> I don't know, these dolls are interesting. They're heavily decorated, and then the sound, and then the effects are actually kind of interesting. I don't know. The soundtrack is... Oh yeah, the soundtrack is done by uh, Hiroki Suwano. Oh, <laughs> what else can hey. I mention? How much? How much more can I name drop into this series? Like, come on, guys. Yeah, that's a pretty. You have to admit, at the end of the day, it's an anime. <laughs> I, I I will call it that. In fact, I I will be so bold as to put that as part of our Twitter post so everyone knows we talked about it. So, <laughs> but okay. Moving on, my turn. Um, I'm so yeah. it's it's actually pretty crazy that we all have uh we all put down different anime because I only put down two as well and it's like and it just happened to like none of you guys mentioned it. So mm-hmm. my first that really shows how much uh, there's so much more anime out there than just things that are like super big or things that we highlight on our page. Right, and of course, like super super. Just because an anime is super big definitely doesn't mean that it's not worth the name per se. But there, but there's so many anime that comes out every year. It's just it. There's going to be some that are so well made that's just going to fall through the cracks, whether you like it or not. So comes with the business. Sure. Um, but anyway, my first pick that I adore with every soul of my being, which doesn't make sense because I only have one soul, but with every soul of my being is the descending stories every fiber oh every fiber of your being yeah every fiber of my being anyway uh, but the <laughs> anime is descending stories um yes yes <laughs> sorry sorry please say the full name <laughs> okay descending stories showa genroku rakugo shinju is is officially the uh, the full english name as well so i cannot even begin to describe what art this anime is to me it um i i know it starts off slow because some people uh, didn't some people basically really thought the story was focused on uh yotaro who uh agnes actually once mentioned uh, as one of the guys that she's willing to date but um as one of the types that she was that she's totally okay with dating but everyone thought it the story was around him because he sort of he is a main character but ultimately the main character is yakumo and and so it it's kind of slow at the beginning and it's very historical drama based but it's so rich in storytelling this anime had one of the best usages of unreliable narrators that i've ever seen period like when the twist is revealed and i'm not going to say what it is but when the twist was revealed on what the unreliable narrator part was i was screaming like i could not even believe it and it was set up so well and so believable that i just i i couldn't even fathom it, it it's just one of those artistic like rich sort of storytelling and for any and if if anyone if this will entice anyone to watch it per se Rakugo is 
culturally considered to be one of the first instances of voice acting or like the grandfather to modern day voice acting. Because what Rakugo is, is it's a storyteller who is essentially voicing out many different characters within a story. And yes, they do some bit of acting in regards with their physical body, but it's mostly still sitting down. So the the actual physical acting part is quite minimal and everything depends on the tone of the of the storyteller and changing their voices for certain characters and changing their voices again an emotional sort of an emotional sort of response for the um for their voice inflections and stuff like that. It, it's the grandfather of modern day voice acting. And and it's just everything about it is I can't I can't even fully describe it because of how brilliant I think this anime is written and how culturally deep it is while still showing so much about the complexities of human nature and human bonds and relationships. And yeah, I, I just I just think it's beautiful and it's art. And unfortunately, I to this day, I don't think people mention it or are even too aware of it because I remember when they were like, you know, there was once a Twitter thread where they were like, oh, uh, you know, drop your, you know, drop the anime that you don't think people talk about enough or watch enough. And then I'll see people suggest things like March Comes In Like a Lion, which isn't mainstream popular for sure. But there will still be a plenty amount of responses underneath it that will be like, that will be like, oh, yeah, that one was so good and no one speaks about it and everything. But then one person did mention Descending Stories and it was radio silent. Like, not a single person even commented being like, oh, I love that one too and stuff, which to me was a really big sign that it's just so literally known in the anime community. And I just and I just think it's one of the best anime that I have ever seen to date. And so, yeah, that's it. That's my spiel. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I also wanted to point out, like, I was hesitant on picking... Genroku Rakugo 2, because I really love that show, as my very excited yes and clapping in the background earlier. But surprisingly, you know, it Yotaro, I think, won like fourth or fifth place on Best Males in our one of our winter anime charts. And then it kind of just faded off yep. into the distance. Yep. Like nobody else talked about it. And I'm like, bro, this is a cultural classic. Like, if you like stuff like that hits you hard, like March comes in like a lion, but more mature themed. Rakugo is the way to go. Yeah, and I remembered because it barely eked by with the nomination or my anime uh, anime of the year, and I and I largely do think it has to do with the fact because I was posting so much about it because I because I I just had so many thoughts and feelings I had to make like two or two blog posts a week to sort of dissect everything that happened, but it performed dismally at our anime trending awards itself. Like barely anyone voted for it because it's. It's just, it, it, like, I knew because ultimately not that many people have really, really seen it in the larger side of the community. And I'm not even sure if that many people even know it exists. And it's just good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm so glad I picked it up, too, in the season. I I was I didn't know anything about it until I watched the trailer for it. Like, I usually watch, you know, seasonal trailers of, you know, anime that are showing. Mm -hmm. And I was just drawn in by that first trailer, actually, mostly because of the voice actor. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Akira Ishida does probably Mm -hmm. one of his best voice acting performances I've ever heard him done in his career. Like, it's insane. Uh, But it's like, it's just, 
the animation itself, like the entire series and how they did the layouting, the cinematography, the soundtrack, it's just so, so solid. Like, like it would be one of those, if it was a movie sort of thing, it would be one of those things where you're like, oh, that's getting an Oscar nomination, you know? Like, it, that's what I feel like it is with anime. But obviously, anime doesn't really have Oscar nominations. And, like, we're one of the few, like, awards out there who really does this sort of thing. And so... Yeah, I just, I, I just can't speak, I can't praise it enough, I can't speak enough about it. Please, please, please give it a try, please give it a watch. It's one of the most masterful storytelling anime that I've ever seen out there, and the synopsis is very vague, and really, even now, if someone tries to ask me to sort of describe it, I'd have a hard time finding the right words to give it, like, a synopsis that doesn't give anything away. It, it's like it's just rich that's the the best way i can put it it's a very rich anime you just gotta watch it blind yeah you just gotta do it yeah. you just gotta it's one of those it. shows that you have to watch yeah. blind mm-hmm. otherwise like if one person breathes about any part of the plot it spoils everything from season one until season two yeah because it's it's yeah. like it's like how the title suggests like it's a it's a downwards trend right mm-hmm. so and it starts from the first season everything starts from the first season and you have to keep going with it and you watch it blind literally everything's connected this author did not miss a single thing to thread together essentially it's oh no for sure yeah uh i i use it i honestly use this anime to like help me with my own writing skills and my own writing abilities the same way that i use araka sensei uh, arakawa sensei's works to help me as well because it's just it's just beautiful and it's glorious essentially so Fun fact, I wrote my end-of-the-year essay in college about Genroku Rakugo and oh. the rise and fall of Rakugo in Ooh. history. I got a B on that paper, so I was pretty damn proud of you myself. You share I was like, that paper with us. <laughs> oh god, I don't know if I still ha- I might still have it. It's on my other computer and my laptop, but it was it was a solid read. Uh, like, I remember, and I used clips, like, I, like, I would hyperlink Crunchyroll oh in my, my work cited. So and I think my advisor was like, are you sure, homie? I'm like, yes. <laughs> you gotta do it, homie. You just, you gotta watch it with me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's so interesting because like the anime itself does such a great job at like literally like weaving in literary as in like in like a literature sense of weaving in all the different storylines and character complexities. But it really does illustrate a lot of the, the actual rise and fall of Rakugo coming out into the modern period mm-hmm. and a lot of the questions of how do we reinvent a dead art and it's very similar to how like other shows like let's say shakespearean shows like how do we take a dead art from the 1600s because rakugo is actually developed around that same time too how do we take that antiquated form of art but translate into the modern context that will still be remembered until today and that's what shakespeare does shakespearean plays do and that's what rakugo does as well it continues to carry on it's it's very like uh what's the word um metaphysical i guess very meta at times Mm. but it's it's fascinating and i had a really kick out of my college essay so if it's something that prompts you to write a college essay i think it's worth watching yes yes for sure speaking of college essays i one that made a great college essay for me (laughs) regards to part of our patreon thing hey pay the level for this and you get to read our research papers what fun oh god that was like my trashy research at like freshman level (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I would hope that my writing skills are better. But yes, you may have a chance to see my trashy uh, fan fiction. Not fan fiction. <laughs> sorry. Uh, college uh, essay. Everyone, now we know Agnes writes fan fiction. <laughs> oh, oh, this is... I'm glad people probably won't be able to trace back my older usernames. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, so my second one I have on the list is called uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Ah, uh, yes. Beautiful. So yes. that one is, this one's kind of interesting because it, I won't say that it wasn't popular at a time. You know, back in, like, the 90s, which is when the first OVA series came out, which actually went from start to end in regards to the entire novel series, it was, a, it was pretty big. It was very well acclaimed, and people really, really liked it. So, so it did have a point of popularity at one point. But they've, uh, they've essentially decided to remake it with the newer anim animation. And I think they're sticking closer to the novel series now because the uh, OVA actually made some uh, adaptational changes to the plot and, like, certain characters. But, uh, but this one, they're deciding to stick a little closer to the actual novels. And I still, I still love it. And, and, with, and the other thing I have to keep in mind is in the 90s, the anime community hasn't grown to the size that it has today and so really its popularity amongst people might actually seem very small in context to today's numbers and this is a another like just epic storytelling brilliant piece of work it has there's a lot of politics and government involved but it's never done in a way that's literally made me sit entire afternoons just debating about the ultimate debate that they're having there because we have in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which sounds very sci-fi, and in a way it is because we have, like, the democratic alliance of free alliance of planets. And, you know, they, so people operate on different planets and different worlds, and they go into spaceships to, like, battle each other on the battlefield. But the part that makes this anime so riveting is that we have two protagonists on the opposite sides. and. Uh, representing opposite sort of government structure but what's hard is that neither you don't you don't really see the two of them ever going to be able to work together so this is a case where it's not the two protagonists later decide to team up and defeat a big bad person it's literally that they are likely going to fight until the very end of the series with each other because the thing is while both sides recognize the other one and realize how they are good men who are trying to do the best they can for their people and for like their countries that they're fighting for, losing or sort of or sort of like giving in for this war essentially means really bad repercussions to their people, no matter what. And so neither of them can really give in. And that's sort of like riveting storytelling of actually two protagonists who will always be on the opposite sides, but are also two very good people, just makes the whole dilemma so more, so much more complex and, and just draws me in. And there's so many things in there that predicted stuff that would happen. Like this, 
because it's like neither side is perfect either. One side uh, with the Democratic Alliance, you know, like you think that's definitely the good guys, but it's really not because it shows you how politicians can easily manipulate the masses into voting for things that they think they want, but it's not what they actually want. And guess what? That is what's happening today with a lot of our political uh, elections across the world. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you see, uh, you essentially see a rising star. His name is Reinhard, who is trying to become like ultimately king slash dictator of an entire group. Group, and he's, uh, and you know, because he's like people oftentimes don't know what they want, so I can make the hard decisions for them. But then it's like, but then, it's, but then, as the uh, as Yang Yang Wanlin, who's the opposing protagonist, often points out, is that you might be a good person and not tempted by that by having absolute power and, and actually genuinely make decisions for the good of the people. But you are one in hundreds of millions of people who, once they get power, just runs with it. So your system doesn't really work either. And so it just sort of leaves you reeling where you're like, well, shoot, I almost cussed. Well, shoot, like, which system is the one that works? But in that case, is there even a system that does work? And it sort of shows you just, like, how even the smallest thing at top can just ripple effect to the masses and affect and affect them very tragically and very uh and very suddenly without them really understanding why or how it got to be that way and so it's just yeah it's another masterful work that's that's my that's my thing on it and I definitely wish that more people knew about it and more people were sort of checking out on it yeah, I definitely wish people would check it out especially the newer version, because that's what I started watching as well. I, I have not watched the older version, even though I've heard of it, mostly Same. because of the animation. But the newer animation definitely makes it easier to watch. And and yeah, like you said, it's hard to hate the characters. I want to hate somebody because I want I want to have like an antagonist, a clear antagonist and protagonist. But instead, we have two protagonists that have their own sides, and it's kind of a reflection on how our society is, is as well. So it's hard, definitely hard to choose a side, but it's interesting how both sides fight for each other and for what they believe. It's really nice that it's distinct from other animes where they have, like, you know, a very linear plot of, like, hero goes defeat bad guy. Bad guy has super tragic story. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Cuts him down anyway. But in here, it's like these two sides, you having two, two different perspectives of them constantly being at war at each other, but really understanding that they are fighting for what they think is worthy. And that's, like, super deep because you look at it in all different types of wars and conflicts that happens across this country. Everybody is like that. Everyone comes in with a different set of beliefs and ideals. And at the end of the day, they just want to protect something. But it could have been warped or it could have, like, a completely different vision that's not something that people are very optimistic or idealistic about. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to understand that because in wars, it's easier to fight wars when you can think of the other side as just a straight up bad guy and a monster and something that needs elimination. But when the story forces you to see how both sides interact interact with their people, both sides have very bad people in power and very good people trying to do the best they can to get rid of the bad people in power, it becomes a whole mesh of like, really what you're fighting is just people mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do about it sort of thing. And so it's like you're, you are desperately wishing the two would just get along, but then you know that they won't because of their situations. And it just, it's just such a much more harder look at how 
difficult and complex wars actually are because it's easy. You know, I, I bring up World War II as an example because it's easy to go about the World War II route, which is, you know, with the Nazis and the Holocaust, which was undeniable undeniably very, very villainous and very, uh, very monstrous without question. But then I would also say a lot of most of the wars that took place as history built itself up and we become the countries we are, are more like sort of those things that are going on in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, where both sides have bad people and good people, and good people are trying the best they can, and bad people are just screwing things up as badly as they can, and neither side really is a winner at the end. And so, yeah, I just, I love the complexity of it, and the fact that they did it in a science fiction sort of setting while speaking to so many things that ended up coming true, and because... You have to understand, this is an old story. Like, this is a very <laughs> old story. And they actually mm-hmm. predicted sort of like the, uh, sort of like not standing during the Pledge of Allegiance thing that's happening in the US right now. Because uh, I don't know if you two remember this, but it was like one of the scenes where, um, you know, it was basically a nationalism assembly and everyone was up on their feet clapping and stuff like that. And a young Wen Lee decided not to stand. And everyone was like, oh, why are you not standing? You know, sort of thing. He was like, it's a free country, right? So everyone else is free to stand and clap. But I'm also free to not stand up and remain sitting. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. The fact that this was written so long ago and is literally reflecting right now in, like, in our country that we are living in is, is insane. And so, uh, so, yeah, that's basically my thing. <laughs> I mean, it basically just shows you that humanity never evolves and never changes. So <laughs> it does. We were doomed to repeat the same mistakes. History does have a tendency to follow a pattern. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. So I hope more people would check it out. I think they actually did announce they were continuing it. If I'm not mistaken, I, I'll have to check the news again. But there are two full series. Oh, and Solano also does the soundtrack, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely have the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I just think all the characters and like the theme is so important. It's a it's a bit of a different vein than the the more like like descending stories is like chocolate to me, you know, in regards to like how rich the materials are and how interconnected and complex it is. And then uh Legend of the Galactic Heroes is sort of like a mixed match of all of my favorite snacks together <laughs> because there's so many things <laughs> getting explored in there, so many moral dilemmas, so many like philosophy talking and like governmental system structures and how they work and how they fail, you know, sort of thing. But it's all the right snacks for me to like. So <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's perfect for you because you definitely have a lot to think about and like a lot of things to pick at. So I think that's like a perfect show. I, I yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that as well because I think it's perfect for you. I agree wholeheartedly (laughs) i like difficult shows guys (laughs) but yeah so that is our sixth anime that we wanted to showcase today in in regards to anime that we feel like doesn't really get spoken enough about or like seen by the anime community and i really really hope that we've convinced any of you guys listening to at least check out one of them and if nothing else 
And if you must check out one of them, let it be Thunderbolt Fantasy. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And I hope you will be with us next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.